Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Score Podcast. Today, I'm joined by former St. Mirren manager Danny Lennon. We discuss how he first got into management, making history with St. Mirren by winning the League Cup, what it was like working with John McGinn and Kenny McLean, and how his shocking St. Mirren departure came about. All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. So, Danny, after you finished your playing career, what was the plan? Like, was it always to go uh, into management? Yeah, I always um, always took a keen interest in, you know, all all the training drills, everything that you enjoyed as a player. Um, I loved sitting down with coaches, uh, managers, um, about you know tactics within the game, um, and I loved that idea. You know, I think even as a a younger one, um, I started off as you know, captain in Hibs reserves, you know, and, and moving right through the ranks. And, you know, apart from when I burst into Hibs first team or made my debut at Hibs first team and the appearances in the time, the seven years that I was there, um, I was never first team captain. But any of the clubs that I then went after that, um, Scott, you know, I was always club captain. So I always probably had those type of leadership qualities, Um and I loved the coaching first and foremost, you know, when I when I finished playing. Um always used to even as an experienced player, you know, um looking to encourage and develop and, and, and guide young players, you know, that, that, that were in and around about you. Um and, and there sadly comes that time where, you know, as older guys you've then got to make way for the new kids on the block coming round the corner. And, and that's just part and parcel, you know, of football that it stands still for no one. And um, I could never ever see myself, you know, out out, out the, the full circle of football. So the next best thing was obviously the coaching. Um, and I started to prepare for that at an early age, um, going out there and, 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 and doing my, my licences, etc. Um and I think your love for football comes through as a coach. Then going into management, I certainly believe you don't set your sights out and want to become a manager, uh, Scott. I think you you stumble across that along your journey exactly, yeah. as, as a coach. Um, and, you know, there, 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 there certain people just see themselves as a manager. There certain people see them as a, as, um, a bit of both, you know, coach, manager. Um, and And, you know, I, I would like to think in my time, you know, I've, I've certainly enjoyed um, the years that I have as a manager at the moment. You know, you, you are your, your own man to a certain degree. You always like to think myself as the bus driver, you know, and you're driving the bus and you're getting the passengers coming on that you're building your team round about you. And, you know, the closer you get them to the front of the bus, you know, the journey's normally a lot, lot smoother. So as so um, you know, I certainly I certainly enjoyed, you know, building, you know, a few a few clubs then in, in 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 my time there and you know, very, very thankful of the opportunity, Scott. And uh, your first job in management was at Counting and Beef where you achieved two successful promotions. Uh, how do you look back on your time there? It was a great learning curve for me. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my experience up there and um, a lot of people, you know, don't enjoy um, going up there a couple of times a season, never mind every 
playing there every every week um, Scott but we had some great memories and uh, very very cool place it builds character when I first became manager there um, we were very fortunate that we had, uh, we had backers that had allowed myself to, to be full time I brought my good friend um, Robert Par- Bobby Parson in who who assisted and we had round about 10 or 12 young boys in full time that were trained every day. So that was great. But also within my role, I was I was like a general manager, come manager, you know, done everything. And even a bit of, you know, the grounds work when it, when it was needing done, you know, the lining of the pitch. You learned a wee bit about absolutely everything in the, the running and the day-to-day running and behind the scenes of a football club. And when my opportunity came, you know, to go to a full-time club like St Mirren, it certainly gave you an understanding and an appreciation and a respect for the roles and responsibility of everybody else within that organisation. But Townbeath was a great learning curve for me, dealing with with very, very demanding uh, owners. Was the, the Brewster brothers, was Alec and, and, and David, the ex-rugby players, uh, and it just told you how it was. This is what you're getting. This is what you you had to do. But you know, we had great times and and a great dressing room, great camaraderie. And um, I think you see that on the back of you know a club the size of Cowden Beath, you know, getting promotion to the third division. I think it would be then into the second division and then into you know which is now called the uh, the championship. So you know, it was a great journey. So obviously after you left County Beef, you went to St Mirren. Talk me through how that job came about. Um, I, I was actually on holiday in um, Turkey with my family um, when there was a few whispers of of good people that I had working with me up at County Beef. A chap called Alan Cotton um, who had previously a, 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 a spell in it um, St Mirren Academy, along with David Longwell. So he knew Brian Caldwell, the the CEO at St Mirren at the time. Um, and St Mirren had reached out, obviously, with the back-to-back promotions that, you know, raised a bit of profile about myself. Um, there was also interest at that time from Kilmarnock Football Club, who were wanting to speak to me. Um, so we came... Um, I was on holiday, received a couple of phone calls um, and we'd a meet up, you know, on my return. So the next day on my return, you know, we had a a meeting with the the, the board of directors, Brian Caldwell at St Mirren, and it went very, very well, um, Scott. Uh, so much so that when I was interviewed, the board had then asked Brian Caldwell to take me up to the new training facility, facility at Ralston to give me a, a flavour of that to see what it was about and by the, t- by the time we came back down maybe an hour later the board were in great discussion and, and offered me the job there and then um, and what I'd seen and what I'd heard and the way that um, Stuart Gilmore and Brian McCausland and, and George Campbell sold the club they were just a couple of years into a new ground the training facility you know that really that really impressed me a great deal. And um, uh, there was obviously the respectful thing that I still had a 
three, four, five month uh, my contract left at Coon Beach, so there was compensation to sort out there. Mm-hmm. But on the assumption of that, you know that I verbally agreed to take the job, you know, and 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 wouldn't go down and uh, speak to Kilmark um, the the next again day. So I was very very thankful that the compensation package was was met. Um, a day or two later, um, and it allowed things to to progress. And um, you know, I was absolutely delighted and honoured um, to become the Saint Martin uh, manager. And as much as a a challenge as I seen that, you know, and as much as daunting it was coming from where I was, because remember, I've just been managing in the third division and the in the second division. I've got a club promoted to the first division, but I've still not even managed in the first division yet. Yeah. And here I am in the in the SPFL and that first season what a great learning cover it was Scott and obviously your first season at St Mirren you finished 11th how would you look back in that as you said probably a, like probably a learning, a learning curve it was a great learning curve um, first and foremost um, getting to know what the SPFL was all about what the top league was all about what St Mirren football club was about and one of the the, the quickest things that I did learn was that Paisley's no Glasgow, you know, it's an identity on its own and, and the people there at Paisley are, are very proud of where they come from. Um, and that was one of the key things, you know, and, and was getting that connection with the fans fans right away. It was a challenging time, Scott, coming in because a couple of years previously or the, the previous season before that, the Premier League clubs had this Santanta money, yep. um, which was putting a fair bit of money into clubs at that time, which then allowed them to spend a bit more. You know, they were able to attract so-called better players, players that were all, that were demanding bigger bigger salaries. And they were all, most of these players were all in two-year contracts. So when I came in, the majority of them were all still tied up on another year. They weren't moving anywhere. Um, so I had very, very little budget left. I had a few decisions and difficult decisions still to make as players were, you know, um, had run out of contract um, and had decisions to make whether you were going to offer new ones out or or use that money elsewhere. Um, so, as I said, had very, very little uh, budget to play with. Hence the reason I went back and, you know, nicked a few players from Cowden Beath at that time. Um, and, you know, do I regret? Do I regret that? No, I don't, because I knew exactly what I was getting, and you know, an outcome of that, there was a couple of them, um, a few gems, you know, and you know, justifies the decision. One being Dan McGregor, who was an absolute stalwart, you know, he very unfortunate at uh, Saint Martin to do both cruciates in consecutive seasons. Um, but the mark of the man to come back in the way that he did and to go on and have the career that he did, you know, I was absolutely delighted for him, particularly when I seen him, you know, help lift the Scottish Cup for his, his boyhood heroes, Hibs. It, it was fantastic yeah. to see where that boy's journey had come from and, you know, how important it is to still dream. And one of the other ones was uh, the lad, Gareth Wardlaw, mm. who was a postman um, when I brought him in and he was getting on, he was he was 32, I think, at the time, 31, um, and offered Gareth the opportunity. He did great for me at Cowden Beath. And 
you know, he, he didn't start regular, etc. But you always knew what you were going to get from him. But I'll never forget when the running near the end of that season, in, in my first season, where Hamilton had then began to pick up a, a few wins. Um, and we were scraping by with maybe a point here, but Hamilton were getting closer. Uh, and we were running out of games also. And I remember our next fixture, our second last fixture of the season was away to Aberdeen. And the club hadn't won up there in 27 years, Scott. Knew it was going to be a very, very physical game. You know, the, the pitch would have been dry. It was dry. It was that time of the season. And I remember our captain, Jim Goodwin, you know, who, whose ankle was up but like a balloon. And our physio de Bruyne uh, said that he wouldn't play again that season. But Jim put his body on the line, made his cell available, and he was outstanding that night. And I made the decision to go with a physical team. I put Gareth Wardlaw in the starting lineup. And, you know, I was absolutely um, delighted, you know, that we, we won the game, won nothing, and that sealed our status um, for another season in the Premier League, albeit Hamilton got beat that night. Um, and who scored the goal but Gareth Wardler? So, you know, it was great and fitting that, that he did do so. And I remember after that, there was a big bit of relief and... And as much as it was a learning curve for me, it wasn't a season that I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy the brandy football that we were playing because I had to go in and make best with a bit a group of players and play to their strength, Scott, if that makes sense. And that's no, I'm not being any disrespectful to any of these players because um, they'd serve the club uh, very, very well, but you've got to get the best out of them. Um, so... I remember the, the, the boys being jubilant in the, in the dressing room and, and rightly so because when you look back at it and you strip things back, you know, it was a great achievement to, to have another season um, in the Premier League. And I remember the players in the bus asking for me to get the bus, stop the bus. They had a couple of um, Aberdeen and supplied them with a few beers and to stop the bus and buy a CD at one of the wee local service stations in the way down, which we did. And the boys are all having a bit of crack up the back of the bus and I'm just sitting at the front and I'm not enjoying it one bit because I know, not the next day, but the next day, next again day, the Friday, we one game to go, that I'm pulling these guys into the office to let them know where their futures lie, Scott. Yeah. And it's never a, it still isn't my favourite time of the season when you've got to make those decisions, but that that was one of the toughest times. You know, you've, you've seen what they've done for you all year and yet, this is you then got an opportunity to open up a new budget and bring your own players in and your own ideas and 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 that was a that was a challenge and it hurt very much. I mean there was there was still some players there that you know haven't they spoke to me to this day you know throughout that and um, one or two of them are now into into management. So hopefully now they they, they, they realise that every decision that you make aren't easy ones um, and you do them for what you believe is the right reasons for the football club at that particular time. Yeah, no, 100%, Danny, 100%. And uh, you signed, uh, I want to talk to you about this, you signed Boyhood St Mirren fan Stephen Thompson. How did the opportunity come about to sign him? Well, he was he was on the radar and, and, and we knew that he wanted to uh, get back up the road. Um, and 
you know, probably St Mirren being his, his boyhood heroes, you know, it was a great opportunity if, if things fell into place. Uh, not not just financially, I mean, for Stephen, but, you know, the movement, it was right for his family and the right moment for him in his career. And he, he'd never, ever hidden the fact about his his um, ambition, you know, for media work. He, he was starting to, to, to make inroads in that and, you know, he's carved out a great career for himself. He's a great lad, Stevie. Um, and when that opportunity to came, uh, came, because I knew all about him when he's done the United days, his Rangers days, he's he spelled down at Cardiff and Burnley and, and, and working with Sandy, Stuart, a good friend of mine, and, and Owen Coyle, you know, and you do your homework. Uh, and the feedback came, you know, not only a good player, but he was the right character, he was a good type. You know, he could be he could be off the wall at times, but you know, we we goal scorers and and, 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 and egos, sometimes you've got to manage that. You yeah. know, and, and Stevie had a bit of that, but not in a not in a what's the word I'm looking for? Not in a like arrogant way, but he just believed yeah. him. Not, not in a not in an yeah. arrogant not in yeah, an arrogant way, himself, but yeah. the way that he carried himself, you know, even the way that he dressed and just off the cuff be things that it was different. It was different, yeah. and I, I liked it. Was that in a way, yeah, yeah. But when, but when it came to you know playing, you know, and 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 came about his his knowledge in the game and the way that he seen the game to be played, I knew that he could fit into our jigsaw. We needed a proven goal scorer, um, and you know, in the couple of seasons that I did work with Stephen, you know, I was delighted that in all his time in football that his height. Highest goal scoring finishes, you know, where at where at St. Mum. So we were obviously good for one another, you know. Not only did he just come to finish his career at his boyhood heroes uh, and and win a trophy, which was was great, you know. I certainly still believe that I could in, in, improve him as a player. And, you know, we were very very good for one another. I still to this day say that Stephen is the best player that I've ever worked with ever as as a. As a as a striker, as a, a number nine, yeah. uh, you know, he looks more at the centre-back than than any other thing because he's always looking to see where the centre-back's looking at, you know, you play in between them and the time in his front post runs and you've seen that not only in the cup final uh, with the second goal just after the interval, you know, I've seen that time and time again, not just in games, but on a daily, on a, on a weekly on a weekly aspect in the training ground, he was fantastic. And also the season that you actually signed Stephen Thompson, you finished eighth. And I actually believe you are quite unlucky not to get in the top six. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I thought in that season, to be honest, um, Scott, looking back, I thought consistency-wise, I thought that was some of the best football we'd played that season um, in my tenure at the club. I know that we always tried to, to play in the right manner, but I remember the opening game of that season and we went to Dunfermline and it was a Monday night game live on the TV. We had to wait the, the, over the weekend and we were absolutely outstanding without getting the victory. We drew the game 0-0 and um, I think I think Stephen missed a penalty actually that night. Um, so he did. never missed uh, very, very many but you know um, the only thing that was missing that night was 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 a goal, you know, and the extra two points. But 
and we carried that on for long, long periods. You know, you could, I'd like to have seen it a wee bit more consistency throughout the games, but you could always see it. And and when it happened, and, and, and sometimes throughout the season, we suffered, you know, we'd get caught. But, you know, that was the way that I wanted the players and to play. And they were encouraged to go out there and make mistakes because it was the only way that they were going to learn. And, you know, I was delighted that I had a group of players there that, you know, believed in the way that the game should be played and they bought into the philosophy, you know, and even if there was, you know, that that little mistake, we never made the right pass or we got caught high, the players still had belief, belief in the process and, and more often than not, it worked for us, um, Scott. And uh, the following season, Danny, was a special one for yourself in St Mirren. Uh, you obviously won the League Cup, but on the route to the final, you beat Aberdeen on penalties then defeated Celtic 3-2 in the semi-final. Going into the semi-final, what was the game plan uh, against Celtic and what was that moment like when the full-time whistle went, knowing the fact that you made the League Cup final? Yeah, I mean, the the, the whole run of the Cup final was, was special, to be fair, Scott, in that whole season. Not only the likes of, you know, the, the, the campaign and the, the League Cup run itself, but even the the introduction and the amazement of, you know, young Kenny McLean coming through and, and young John McGinn now bursting on the scene and, and a few others to follow. So everything was sort of falling in, in, into place. And, you know, as young boys, we all dream about winning silverware. We all dream about playing at Hamden and, and lifting cups, um, etc. Um, and I look back at the end of that that run of the uh, when we won the league cup, and sitting back and looking, if ever there's a time, you know, I always believe that you need a wee bit of luck within winning any cups, but within the the each round that went went by, Scott, we deserved that cup more and more. You know, we didn't we didn't need luck throughout it. I know that you carry it. Um, you know the first, I think I, th- I think the first round we we uh, put aside was it Air United I think four or five nothing I think it was and then the next game against Hamilton we played ever so well and you know it, Hamilton it was like chopping down an old tree they were yeah. they were stubborn and it, and it took the very very last minute of the game we a corner for Lee Mayer you know, uh, header to put us into the next round and a way back up to Aberdeen in the quarter. Yeah, off to a great start, you know, and I thought we were excellent on the night, you know, uh, to get back into the game, we then go up 2-1 with a fantastic goal for probably only Kenny McLean could have scored that at that particular moment. Um, And then we go into penalties. Craig Sampson has a, plays his part within that. Um, and, and, and the experienced players um, and then we're into the semi-finals and you know I'll be honest you know with the draw everybody's looking at and probably Celtic's the I'm not saying probably Celtic's the team that you're, you're wanting to avoid because in my tenor we hadn't even scored a, game, a goal against Celtic at that particular time and and um, I remember even being ready uh, live at the draw and, and I had the four teams in our cells or ready to press who we had before it went out, you know, five, ten minutes later to to let the chairman know who we got. And I put Celtic 
and within 10 seconds his reply was, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we knew the challenge that that was going to present. But the good thing about playing against Celtic and these top teams is you learn a great deal about yourself, but more importantly, you learn a great deal about the opposition. And we went into that semi-final with a great a game plan. Um, Scott, we would defend with five, we would attack with five, we would try and allow um, when Samaras and the creative players in the wider roles picked the ball up in these sort of wider areas that always tried to come in the park. And if you allowed them to open up the park, you know, with how quickly Celtic break, they punished you dearly. So we came up with a game plan that we um, we kept them down the channels, wouldn't allow them to come back inside, we doubled up in those areas. Um, David Van Zanten on the day was... A brilliant player, very underrated. He was absolutely... I, w- I watched that semi-final. Somebody gave me the DVD maybe about two, three months ago, Scott, and I watched that game back. And I knew we were good on the day, but I didn't realise really how good we were um, watching that game back. And David Van Zanten was absolutely outstanding from start to finish. So he was. I said that to him at the at the, the anniversary dinner um, a few weeks back there. He was he was outstanding. Um, and, you know, Sammy does his bit in the semi-final. Maybe that, that wee bit of luck, you know, the penalty goes against Jim. Sammy then saves. Gengalvis comes bursting on the scene and, you know, nobody, we didn't even know what to expect for Gengalvis. You know, it was it was one of the ones, yeah, he's got a good pedigree and, you know, let's put him in. What he certainly did have that we, we, we weren't bursting with was pace. Um, so, you know, everything on the day fell into place and it was a magical moment. Um, so it was. And I remember... Um, shaking Lenny's hand at the end of the game and embracing and he pulled me in and he says, now you've beat the best, you've got to go and win it. And and he, and he was right, he was right, you had to go and win it then. Mm. And obviously, what was it like when you led St Mirren out in that League Cup final against Hearts? Like, what was that moment like? Was it obviously, I can imagine it must have been one of the most proudest moments of your life. It was a very proud moment. Um, indeed, you know, to have all your family, everything that you've worked hard for, um, Scott, and having the honour and the privilege to take, um, it was my young son, Cruz, uh, who walked out. He was my mascot. I think we all had a mascot, all the players. So Cruz came out with me, but it was an absolute honour to lead St. Man now, you know, in front of, I think, was it 20,000 people? I think it was 40,000. No, I yeah. mean, our own oh, fans. Sorry, I, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I. Fans that day, you know, it was an yeah. absolute honour. Um, and, you know, we weren't there just for that, for the occasion. We'd done our preparation, we'd done our build-up differently than what what I perceive or what my knowledge is in cup, cup runs and, and cup finals. We didn't go away the weekend or the final. We went away 10 days prior to the cup final um, and done preparation there. We wanted to keep it as low-key as possible. We went to St Andrews and... Um, mm-hmm. Scheduled for a game of golf, but that got cancelled with the rain. But then we done our, our presentations, you know, on hearts, their strengths, their weaknesses. And then the next again day, you know, we trained. And then we had that evening was all about what we were going to bring to the game and our game plan in the final. And then we trained again the next day. Chris had a few bit and then, you know, we dispersed and, and, and went home. 
going up and building into the, the week itself, the cup final, you know, you're, uh, you've got a lot of media to do, there's a lot of build-up towards oh, the yeah. game, and you're trying to protect the players a little bit from this now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Scott, and, you know, we, 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 we trained on the Saturday at Ralston, we, we made the conscious decision that we wanted the players to stay in their own beds and their own environment, and we met on the Sunday morning of the cup final, um, at the training ground, um, and and the two girls, um, Ange, Ange and Bunty put on a, a fantastic um, pre-match meal for us, um, and we departed from there. So everything was was sort of normal, but when it really started to hit um, was when you come over the hill going into to Hamden at Battlefield. You know when you come up yeah. over the bridge and you're there with the police escort. That's where it really then started I'm to. Like, this is this uh, is what's happening now. <laughs> you're, 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 you're seeing, you know, fathers and sons, you're seeing fathers, sons, and grandfathers, and that, you know, a real family and affair. And that's when it really started to say, look, we've got to bring this home for these these people. This is, this is what it means, you know, this isn't just what, what we do, this is what it means to the people of Paisley. And uh, what did you say to the players before it? Like, what was your team talk? Yeah, I, I remember um, even in the Celtic game, you know, we filled the, the players with videos of, of past games where we had success against Celtic, etc. just to fuel them with that belief. Um, and, and again, we've done the same, you know, going into, into the cup final. Um, one fan, and it escapes me at this minute in time, and please forgive me, but one fan made a, an absolutely terrific video for us. Um, I mean, it's like a montage with the run to the cup final and past cup finals, um, like the 87 and and and, and winning the cup um, way back. Um, and this was all added into it. And I says, I'm going to keep that by and, 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 we, and we put it on. Um, and I thought we got the balance right. You know, most of the work was done. I don't think our emotions, we, we didn't go out there and, um, at the beginning of the game and, you know, over emotion. I thought that we were caught in the headlight. You know, the, the headlights are a little bit. We were slow in starting. Um, and I thought, you know, we were playing more the occasion than the, than the actual the actual game itself. Um, and Hearts, to be fair to them, they came out, you know, like whirlwind, so they did. Yeah, they were in administration at that point, I'm sure. Sorry? Were they in administration at that point? We were close to it. Oh, close to it, yeah, because obviously they were really... Like, yeah. And I remember they came out with a game plan and, you know, it's no rocket science, I think, when you know what, what a team's strengths and that are. You, you, you know the philosophy of the manager and they knew that we would have liked to have won the ball, have the ball as much as we wanted and they came with a game plan that they weren't going to give us the ball and they pressed the living... Day, daylights out of us, Scott, for a good 20, 25 minutes. But with no disrespect, with their personnel, um, the big boy was uh, a good, the boy from Liverpool at the time, yeah. and big John Sutton, I knew that they couldn't sustain that for, you know, long periods, um, no even a first hit, never, never mind, you know, um, 45 minutes. I knew that they couldn't sustain it for long periods. At that intensity, and we made a little tactical change. We moved, brought 
brought we Paul McGowan a little bit deeper to try and get on the ball, and that that gave us a numerical man advantage in the middle of the park, and we then started to make one or two we got a foot foothold in the ball, made one or two passes, and started to get ourselves in the game, you know. And I'm not uh, embarrassed to say that we we did ride our luck within that first twenty five minutes. Hearts did have one or two good opportunities to to go further ahead, but you know the response to the players and an equalising goal just before half time was was absolutely fantastic and you know it's a testimony to we McGoe McGowan put him in the pocket he, he plays the ball into um sorry I'm not sure if it was him or Benzant, plays the ball into big Stevie Thompson who turns on a sixpence and then you've got Gary Teal you know hearing down that 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 um right wing um and for me Gary picks the the ball of the game, so he does, you know, we are simple pass across to Gengalvez, but it's not as simple as it looks, you know, if it's a, a younger head there, if it's somebody who looks experienced as Gary, I think they're taking that shot on, so they are, and and, and, and he still might, might have scored it, but here's another thing that I look back when I look at that game, also of Gengalvez, Ishmael Gengalvez isn't over, over the other side, nobody else, we, we, we didn't have any other personnel that could have kept up with Gary Teal or started behind Gary Teal and got up to tap it in. And that was the pace that Gengalvis that Gengalvis had. So it was so, you know, they they were good key moments for us. It settled us down, got us in at half time. We addressed the situation. The players responded absolutely fantastically well. And you know, the second the second half spoke speaks for itself, Scott. Did you give him the the see at half time? Did you give him the the hairdryer treatment, Sir Alex Ferguson? It's uh, Sir Alex style. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all, Scott. You know we did speak about you know the first twenty five. We've we've played the occasion, not the game. You know, and this could be our last opportunity for a lot of us. You know, in this position, you know we can't let it slip by. Um, spoke about. The, the the supporters and what it meant for them and how long they've been waiting for for more success. Um, probably mentioned about you know you could go down as absolute legends here to be the first group of players to win the league cup in St Mirren's history. You know and a, and that is a a proud history a hundred and forty odd years now, Scott. Yeah. You know so when you look back and and you see that achievement itself and. The players took that on board and, you know, they went out and we couldn't go off to a better start in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes of the second half. We were exceptional. And it's, what was that moment like when you got, when obviously the full-time whistle went, you won the League Cup and then you got your hands on it? Like that, I can imagine how incredible that was. Yeah, it was a, a very surreal moment, but one that, we thoroughly deserved, there's no doubt about that. But there was a magical moment that is still as fresh in my memory as it is uh, today, as it was then, Scott. And that was when our third goal went in, when Connor Newton scored. And as you, as you know at Hamden, the, the technical box is, is very far away from the technical area. You know that it's the first level of the stand. So when that goal goes in, you know, I've nobody to celebrate with, and the players are all doing their bit and and whatever. And it was just a a moment that something possessed me just to turn around and soak in um, the atmosphere and join in 
and looking at the jubilant faces and the celebration of, of our supporters. And that will long live in my memory, that moment. It's still as fresh today as it was then. And um, that was a great moment for, for my own uh, memory bank, to be perfectly honest. But when the final whistle goes, um, Scott, once again, you know, it's just it's just madness. You yeah. know, that nobody can really believe what, what we've done. As I say, we've, we've won a major, a major cup you know, and almost, you know, I can't, I've not done the sums, but since 1987. 1987, aye. You know, the, 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 the first, the first time that the, the club has won, I mean, um, the League Cup, you know, and, and to bring that, to bring that home, you know, it was such a proud moment, but by no means, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a manager that, you know, happens to be there at that particular time and you're, you're putting that jigsaw and that, that together. You know, it was very much a collective a collective um, achievement. And with that, I mean, to the fans, you know, Brian Caldwell had us going out in the community. It was very much a people's final. Um, and the interaction for the schools, the people at Paisley themselves, you know, for the board of directors to the players to to my backroom staff at that particular time, it was it was just such a gallant joint effort, and um, you know, it was one that that I still dream about, um, and and want more of these yeah. success stories, Scott. It was just you know, and then and then it's a wee bit of a blur for me, Scott, in terms of this is the downside of management when you win major. Well, this is well, because I asked him about obviously the Barcelona result. He said, yeah. at the time, you don't really realise what you've done until years later. Yeah. That's right, you know, and um, as a manager, you've still got your duties to do, you know, to the media um, and that type of thing. So you're you're out the road of all the celebrations and, you know, you've no real had time for it to sink in. Um, and, and you're doing that media. So I missed out a fair wee bit in that. But one one great moment was on the way back in for that that my family was all still waiting. So I managed to to bring them in at Hamden and we you know we all had a, a, a good um a good bit of chat and pictures and a little bit of media work with 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 the family. So they were nice moments, a good couple of good moments with me with my mum. And um you know, because these people, they help you on that journey, Scott. You know, these people are with you for such a very early age. You know, the, the sacrifices my mum and dad, you know, gave up uh, to, to, to put myself, you know, um, or give me the opportunity to, to, to become a football player in that environment and then, you know, coaching, etc. And every player is the same. So the real special moments, but it probably didn't really hit home to me you know, until we were on the open deck bus coming into the streets of Paisley. The were incredible, and Paisley, absolutely incredible. Absolutely loved it. It was so emotional. It was to see generation upon generation and to see wee grannies hanging out the tenements, you know, in their night guns. It was these memories, you, you, you just can't buy that. You just can't buy it, Scott. Oh, that's absolutely superb, Danny. And uh, I just want to ask you, uh, what was it like working with John McGinn and Kenny McLean? And did you always believe those two players would go right to the top? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on young players 
you know, in part of my responsibility and, and we met at the, at the club and getting the job was to bridge that gap. And I was delighted that we'd done that. I think by the time I'd left, we'd brought seven, seven through um, and, and young Morgan uh, just just ready to, to, to burst on the scene. Um, young Kenny McLean, he was sort of the first one to step up and Kenny had, Kenny had everything, you know, he's, he had guile, Kenny, you know, he's very, very pleasing in the eye, very graceful player, Kenny, I thought, you know, he could see things. Um, Kenny was a wee bit slow in terms of, he thought he had to play, you know, the, the long diagonal, which he had in his locker, but it's not on every single time. So, Sometimes I thought that Kenny needed to learn how to control a game of football within that environment. It wasn't always about just what he had done, um, etc. And he quickly, he quickly learned, and it was great to see Kenny um, grow when he'd left St. Mung. I thought Kenny McLean became the player I thought he was going to be when he'd went to Aberdeen. I thought he was exceptional when he went to Aberdeen. And we always knew what Kenny talent Kenny had, he had, he had absolutely everything, he's, he's carved out a great career, career for himself mm. Young John McGinn um, Perfect Absolutely outstanding, you know not just as a player but also as a, a human being, the character of the man um, and when John McGinn um, came over to train with the first team Scott, he's the only player that I've had that's never ever went back back across. Um and that takes some that takes something. You know, that takes um because sometimes they don't do much wrong when they're in your environment, but sometimes you send them back because you want to see how the, how they react, you know, with the, the disappointment, etc. Sometimes they've got to go back to try and bring them down a couple of levels um and how they react to that. Sometimes they're not ready maturation-wise, but they've got to go back and develop. Um, but McGinn oozed absolutely everything, you know, um, you name it. He was he was he was first in the training ground, last to leave it. He'd be there with the equipment, he would ask questions, he always wanted to improve, he always wanted to to be challenged in everything that he'd done. He took constructive criticism well. He, he just handled everything so so well, you know. He never ever seen the the criticism or the constructive criticism criticism as you know being being around. He around. He's seen it as coaching points and and him wanting to improve. And it was an absolute pleasure to coach. But in the helping hand, you know, Kenny McLean and young John McGinn and Jason Naismith and Sean Kelly, players like that, you know. Us coaches, we have a small helping hand in giving them a platform and giving them a pathway and an opportunity. The players have got to be ready to go and take that, Scott, so they do when the opportunity presents that presents itself. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the people that have had the biggest influence on these players' careers, you know, McGinn and, and, and McLean in particular, are the two boys themselves. And the, the following season, Danny St Mirren decided to not offer you a new contract. Uh, were you surprised by that? Um, I wasn't surprised as time was 
running out towards the end of the season. So you, your, your gut feeling, your experience sort of tells you in the direction, the way that it was going. Um, so did it surprise me in the way that it came about? No. Did it disappoint me? Massively. I was absolutely gutted in the way that my my time as um, manager at St Mirren ended, Scott. You know, I'd given the club absolutely four years of my life, you know, putting the club before my family. Um, and I'm not embarrassed to, I'm not ashamed to say that. That's just what the club meant to me. Um, I loved the, 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 my interaction with the fans. I had a great relationship with them. So my only, only disappointment of those four years was, you know, that I never really got to say farewell to the fans properly at that time. Since then, yes, I have. And, you know, I've been back to many, many events and, you know, it's great that we we share those memories and that adoration for one another, um, you know, and they'll not forget what I've done I've done for, for, for their football club and particularly on the 17th of March 2013, but I'll never forget for the, the four fantastic years that they gave me, you know, they were an absolute pleasure to, to work with and I always see myself working for the fans, not the board of directors, I always seen myself working for the fans and the people at Paisley and um, they were an absolute pleasure to serve but um, I thought, to be honest Scott, I thought in terms of everything that I'd brought to St Martin Football Club in my four years and what my remit was in the day that I got the job was to make sure that we were dining at the top table. I did bridge the, the gap between the youth team and the and the first team, the academy and the, the first team. We'd brought seven players through in that and that's that time. Um we got a couple of the highest place finishes in a in a couple of decades. Um and I can see now um and that was all done on a diminishing budget upon year after year. So I really don't know what the board of directors were expecting at that time. So that 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 was the biggest disappointment. And you know, I've made my 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 views clear um, when I've met Brian McCausland, when I've met George uh, Campbell. I've never met George, uh, Stuart Campbell, the chairman, uh, Stuart, Stuart Gilmore, since. Um, but you know, I thought for the experience that that board of directors had, I thought that the way that they handled that situation and the appointment eh, who came who who came in after me, I thought I thought it was poor. Mm. And uh, after spells at Alwa and Airdrie, you went to Clyde and you were there for five seasons. When you look, how would you look back on your time at Clyde? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so I did. It was a great opportunity for for me getting back in. Um, after my time at St Mirren, I had a short spell um, interim manager at Scotland Under-21s, which I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, and gave a lot of players that you now see um, doing particularly well for Scotland and now um, at, international level, at international level, you know, Wee McGinn, um, Shanklin, um, Christie, players of that ilk, you know, they, they, they've made great careers for themselves, so it was great working with that. That was that was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Then went to Alloa. And, and and went to Alloa at a time, Scott, when they were still in the championship, but they were struggling. There was only like six games to go. Um and I went in and we won four out of our last six games to take them into the playoffs. 
uh, where we met Dick Campbell's uh, forfa. They beat us 3-1 in the first leg up at Station Park, although we played particularly well that night. And then on the Saturday, um, we beat them 3-0, um, finished the game with 10 men, you know, at Recreation Park. And that was a great, that was a great moment in itself, you know, to have such a um, positive impact in a such short in such a short period of time. You know, Mike Mulraney, he was a Mike was a good man to work for. You know, you knew exactly where he stood. And thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Um, then after after a, a couple of spells and getting my, my golf handicap down, I then you know took the the job at at, at Clyde. Um, and what attracted me to the Clyde was the club obviously had a, a fantastic history. Um, it had a a great infrastructure, you know, in Broadwood um, alone. Good stadium. Although it was council loaned, you know, I always just seen it as that's where Clyde play. Um, they'd been there so long, so there was a lot of things that 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 tick my tick the boxes for Clyde. Went along, met Nori Nori Ennis, the the, the chairman, um, interviewed and offered me the job the next again day, and um, we um, started that. We. Myself, Alan Moore came in with me as my assistant, and um, I think we opened up our first five games with five draws. But we'd 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 stop the rot, you know, yep. defeats. Um, we we're picking up points and gradually turning things around. So we did, and we just narrowly missed out in the playoff spots that season. But then the next again season we got um, got promotion. Um, so we did, um, and then back into the the first division. Well, long overdue, you know, for a club of that of that history, and um, thoroughly enjoyed that time there. Worked with um, Norrie Annis has stepped down. David Dishon now became the chairman, um, and thoroughly enjoyed working with David. And again, you know, he backed you. He knew what you needed, um, and they ran the club, you know, properly. You know, on, in terms of the football front, um, and then. You know, David. I think I went through four chairmen, to be perfectly honest, at, um, in my time, in my five years. So that 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 was a little bit difficult, and um, obviously we had the David Goodwillie situations to deal with, also, which brought a bit of pressure upon upon everybody. Um, but David was David was great. He was great for me. He was great for the football club. So he was, and you know, I feel for the boy in terms of what he's had to go through over those. Over the the past few years, when you see what others are now allowed to go out there and, and perform and, and and do Scott, but you know, probably you know, in 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 my last season at at Clyde, just prior to me signing my my new contract, I signed a new two year contract last March, I think it was. Um, the club had begun to to change. You know, Gordon Thompson became the chairman, but. There was other people with big influence behind the scenes there, pulling the strings. Um, so there was the infrastructure wasn't wasn't right. They still had a season to go at Broadwood. The the um they stopped up. They still had a year to go at, at Broadwood, and uh, and they brought that to a halt. So they did, and decided to ground share up at Hamilton. You know, which was a a real challenging move, uh, to be perfectly honest. So, 
Um, I think if you're ever going to look to try and build on success upon success what you've had, the infrastructure's going to has to be right and the way things were going at that particular time, that wasn't. Um and on the on the back of that, results suffered. Um I'm I'm, I'm, I'm experienced enough to know that, that that only leads one way. Um and I was sad to see my time at, at Clyde uh, come to a halt. I'm sad to see the decline that they're in at this moment in time and where they stand, but hopefully with the right person that they now bring in this time, because they certainly just can't keep going through managers. Um, now they can. They've, they've, they've got to get it right behind the scenes and hopefully hopefully the people that are in place at this moment in time take notice of that. And, and if there's more equipped people out there ready to come in and feel that they can take the club forward, then hopefully all parties can do that. And uh, throughout your managerial career, who would you say were the people that you went to for advice? And my, well, any 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 chairman um, were always influential. Um, in my managerial, managerial career, there was, um, you know, I remember when I first got the job at St Mirren, um, and... I phoned Gordon Strachan, who had worked, um, had the pleasure of meeting um, in my pro licence. Um, he delivered a great um, presentation and an insight you know, into management. Um, and I phoned him and he was in Florida. So he was, he was actually in the golf course and he was playing with his wife. And he says, look, Danny, I'm golfing and out. I'll phone you back. Sure enough, he phoned me back that evening. He was on the phone for a good hour and a half. And you know he was always always a good confident to 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 give a call to. You obviously had good people round about you that you, that you knew in terms of you know players like Sandy Stewart, you know who who went on to do well with Coyley and um, Isel, and there was Jimmy Nickel. You know there was there was good influential people there. There, there was um, uh. Others, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think, you know, but I think, you know, at that level, I think some of the best relationships that you've got to have, you've got to have a great relationship with your, with your chairman first and foremost, you know, and have that 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 trust issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, be open and honest and transparent with, with each other, um, Scott. So, you know, I, I, I think... Um, who who could be influential, you know, in terms of that? It could be, it could be Gordon Strachan. It could be the groundsman. You know, I think yeah. I'm very much one of those ones where I'll listen to most opinion. I'll listen to most opinions and then take what I've got to take out of that. Yeah. Um, I think you always learn a great deal from managers that you've worked with previously. There's certain things that you'll take along in your managerial journey. There's some things that you'll leave behind you won't touch at all. Um, and with a little bit of that ingredient, you then try and bring your own mix into it, you know, and develop your own stamp on it. So are you still involved in the game and do you want to get back into management? Yeah, I mean, that that's just come up a year now, Scott, uh, where I've been out of the game. I've done a fair bit of travelling this year. Um, I was over in Malaysia um, with a friend on a potential... Um, opportunity to go and work over there. Went over to see what it was all about for three weeks. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, come back and the family were, the family were up for it. Um, so they were. Um, 
Then I went to Ken Kenya on a bit of charity work for three week, uh, a couple of weeks, which I, I thoroughly joined and enjoyed. That was a great humbling experience. A uh, couple of holidays with the family down to London. Managed to take in Wimbledon this season, uh, this year, which was a great experience in its own. Um, so it was Scott. Um, and then when we made the decision that we were going to go to Malaysia, my youngest son was just about to leave school and he got a opportunity as a, an apprentice plumber. So he wanted to take that and I, I respected his decisions, you know, that he didn't want to be left behind um, with his friends getting these roles. Um, and says, right, we'll not go to Malaysia, we'll, we'll support you here. Um, and that lasted six or seven weeks and it's it's not for him. Um, and while I'm disappointed, you know, the Malaysia opportunity is no longer there, you know, I'm glad that he's come out with something that he didn't, that he doesn't want, you know, um, I'd rather that he put his heart and soul into passion. So he's now applying for college, so we'll support him within that. So getting back to your uh, question there, Scott, so now that we're, we're staying in Scotland, you know, or we're, we're here at the moment, you know, any opportunities that do um, come up, you know, then I'll actively look to apply and, and hopefully that there, there is some clubs out there and some chairmen, you know, that still see um, a lot of life in this young man yet. 100%, Danny, 100%. And just to finish off, uh, ask this question to everybody that comes on the podcast. Uh, who is better Ronaldo or Messi? <laughs> um, it's a great question, and I have this a lot in the little soccer school that I've that I've got, uh, Planet Soccer, um, and they all come up with the different answers, you know, and and it's quite fifty fifty to be fair, Scott. Um, and I'm not going to sit in the fence, but I'm going to say Messi. Um, I think in my generation. And I've got an old friend I mentioned there, like Bobby Patterson, and Bobby's, you know, late 70s and that now, and he talks about a different generation and Puskas and players like that. And I can't really comment on them, but he compares these guys with the likes of that. And for me, I think Messi's been the best. Um, and the two of them pushed and challenged each other. But I just think overall for what he's bringing, how consistent that he's done it, um, and just his, his football brain, you know, Ronaldo, on the other hand, I think he is such a an inspiration to young people, uh, young players, and how to continually work hard and improve in what, what you've got and to try and become the best that you've, that you've been. You know, it seems to be a little bit more um, natural for Messi, I think, um, in, terms of his, in terms of where... He's been in as as much as much as I watched the, the the World Cup there, you know, and I was delighted that Argentina had got to where they were because I just felt that Amani has his talent, you know, not to to win a a World Cup um, with his country, you know, would have been would have been you know disappointing. So to see that and to see him fulfil. You know everything that he's achieved. You look at the Ballon d'Ors that he's that he's won. Although I do agree that that last one could. That one's know, not in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah, and if, if we're being completely honest, I think we all know exactly where that one should have went to, to Haaland. But, you know, sometimes it's not as easy as that. But, you know, he's had an absolutely fantastic career, um, so he has. But I think, you know, the two... Put it, put it this way, Scott, I don't know. Do you think the two of them would have been as good as they are if they didn't, ha- if they didn't have each other? No, I don't think so. No, as I feel so, they definitely yeah. preached each other and that's what made them so great, 110%, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, Messi would just stage it for me. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a Ronaldo guy, so I'm, I love Ronaldo. I, and Messi's fantastic as well, I love Messi as well, but yeah. I'm a I'm a Ronaldo guy, so, so I am. But, uh, Danny, I fully enjoyed talking to you. And uh, if you can shout my pal, Graham McCormack, biggest St Mirren fan I know, he'll be buzzing with this. And if you can shout him out, it'll make his day. Graham, um, Scott was telling me that you were invited along to come and join in in the, the interview tonight. Um, it would have been an absolute pleasure to to put a face to the name, but a big shout out to you. And I'd just like to thank you and all the St. Man fans out there for for giving me four fantastic years and, and some great memories. And um, any time that I do come back there, you know, it's like coming back to the long uh, lost family that you've not seen for a couple of years so it's it's a great relationship that we've built up I'm absolutely bursting with delight in how well um, Saints are doing under Stevie at this moment in time and um, you know one thing that I certainly see they're competing in every in every game at, the, at this moment in time there's depth within the squad it's great to see that the the board, you know, um, are back in Stevie and, and it's great to see that the squad that he's developed, but it's also great. I was down at the Rangers game and, and it's great to see that you guys are back in your numbers. You know, as managers, us coaches, we 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 have the the privilege of coming and passing through clubs, as I like to say. But you guys, you are the bread and butter, you know, so keep up the great work. Well said, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, mate. Thanks again, Scott. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.